when you're, this is a kind of a, a, a heavy, complicated question, but um, I'm sure you can riff on this. Where for you, and again, we probably spoke about this years ago, where for you does, how does songwriting begin? Is it always the same? Uh, does it start with a melody? Does it start with uh, music? Does it start with lyrical content? And hold on, that's like a triple compound question here. And also, are you the type of songwriter, would you say you're the type of songwriter that really tries, there's some songwriters, and I, this kind of annoys me a little bit, personally. There's some songwriters, I guess Mike, Mike, Fat Mike does it well. You know, when Fat Mike like just writes about something, he's able to like pull a song from a topic and not the other way around. It's not like the song comes out and then Fat right. Mike makes the topic fit in the song. Fat right. Mike wills these songs to come into existence because he's thinking about something and he expresses himself right. in song format. I don't think that's you. No, you're more. No. That's yeah, a very, it's a very, uh, and I don't, I don't, I'm not hate. I'm not hating on this approach when I say this either, but you know, making a song out of, you know, a topic or, you know, Ugh. what happened is very, um, very Randy Newman, you know, Randy Newman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Know, I mean, I he's very, because he, he's very, you know, he's very descriptive about, you know, I was walking down the street and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> I think, I think, uh, and I don't, and I don't mean that as a, as a diss toward, you know, Fat Mike or no effects in any well, way. Fat Mike, but Fat Mike does it well. Fat he Mike, does. He does. That. He kind of expands upon that whole, like, oh, I'm going to talk about what's going on, but right. I'm going to, you know, gonna allegorize it a little bit right um, right but uh or you know metaphor 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 metamorphosize it a little bit i don't know yeah yeah, um, yeah. it gets metaphorical about about it and stuff like that so a little yeah a little different than randy newman but no for me i i will normally if i don't have a melody or like a riff in mind then i'll write lyrics sometimes hmm. i'll have a riff or a melody and whatever and then but no lyrics and you know so i'll write lyrics based upon the you know the the riff or the melody that i have in my head um and a lot of times dude i can't tell you how many times i've woken up at like two or three in the morning you know and gone holy crap that's that's great i need to go like you know i need to write this down or document it somehow so i don't forget it when i wake up right, right. You know? um but yeah, a lot of times for me, man, it's uh, especially now I, I write music first and then I write lyrics because I find that as I get older, lyrics, lyrics don't come to me as easily anymore. And I think it's because, you know, I, it's not it's not a matter of, uh, well, I've said all I've had to say or anything like that. It's just mm -hmm. um, it's just as you get older, your experiences change, your you right. know, how you how you speak changes, which which affects you know how you write lyrics and how you how you think changes and how you feel changes about things. So for me now, it's more of a uh, I work on a song structure most of the time, and then I'll go okay, what kind of vocal melody can go here? What kind of lyrics are going to work here? You know, for me, a lot of times it's it's the vibe of the song, like whether if it's if it's heavy or, you know, like as far as like musically heavy, not emotionally, but 
if it's a heavier song, then those songs tend to be a little more simple lyrically, not as uh, <clears throat> not as um, not as metaphorical, not as uh, you know colorful language, not as poetic almost, I guess you'd say. But um, but the more like melancholy songs that I write tend to have a little bit more uh, a little bit more lyrical substance to them. Then they're not right. just they're so cut and dry. They're I mean, it's very simple language, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I'm not, I don't write like William Shakespeare, or, you know, or Shakespeare or Chaucer or anything like that with my lyrics, never have. But um, the main thing I try to do, especially with those more like melancholy, somber sounding songs is I try to match the mood of what I feel like that song should be about or whatnot so a lot of times man it's just yeah i start with a riff and then i try try to write a vocal melody then i try to write lyrics and then from there i decide what the song you know is going to be about or you know as i'm writing lyrics i'll decide okay this song is making me feel like this so it's it's a lot it's just based on a lot of feeling you know it's um yeah i was about to say the way you say feeling it's i I was going to say organic it's a very organic process and um, you know what's interesting? And here's my theory, uh, especially around your particular songwriting method. And I was going to say, I that's why I went there with the Fat Mike stuff, because I was like, I was like, I don't think this is how he, that's how he goes about it. I do know guys like that. And like I said, I think, I think it's a really forced way of writing a song. Now, mind you, for anybody who's lit watches this, I am not a musician. I cannot write any fucking songs. So Fuck me, right? Because like I can't, even, <laughs> I can't even carry a tune. Um, but with that said, fucking guy. Um, no, but what's interesting is, what's interesting is, I think, or my theory for you in particular is, or not even just you, just in general, I think that much like with meditation, like when you meditate often enough, you train your brain to sort of operate in a certain way or, you know, operate certain different wavelengths. And I think it's the same thing with songwriting and song construction in the sense that like, I would agree, you, know, yeah. you know, like you're, you, you get into a state of mind where, and I don't know if you believe in this. I believe in this to the nth degree. Right. I believe in um, div- divine inspiration. And I don't mean in a religious way, like in a way of like, you know, like the Greeks, they believed in the muse. And the muse were were these these godlike, they're godlike or demigodlike or whatever, the the um the Greeks, the 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 higher power Greek, you know, belief structure. And what they would do is they would inspire or they would use people as a channel for their sort of stuff. But in order yeah. for that to happen, I feel like a, a, an artist's brain has to be on that right kind of wavelength or get into that sort of place like align their antenna to receive whatever kind of energy or and again i'm not i don't literally mean that there's some angel like touching someone's forehead and causing them to write a song i just mean like just in the sense that like it's like if your brain is like a like a mechanical puzzle it's gotta you gotta line up all the tumblers you gotta line up all the tumblers just right and then all of a sudden you start thinking in a way that allows you to create these these things. And it's often, you know, it's very similar with editing too, in the sense that what you're kind of doing, except it's the reverse with editing, you're building something from nothing. Yeah. And, and an yeah. editor is taking a block of something and chipping it away until it resembles a shape. You're exactly. building that shape up. We're coming from it from two completely different ends. 
Yes. And it's um, it's a fat. The creative process is fascinating. It really it, it is. You know, like sometimes, sometimes I'll agonize over a song for literally years, and you know, not feel right about it. Like that, that happened recently. Actually, I just, I just uh, completed the new. Uh, Elaborate that on that a little bit more. And uh, I just completed a new demo for an Aegon song. You know, that we're probably yeah. going to throw on our next album, and. I wrote the music to it over a year ago. <laughs> and so, you know, cut to like, I don't know, two weeks ago, I finally wrote lyrics for it where I finally was like, okay, now I have a vocal exactly. melody in mind. Yeah. And so, so yeah. And like you said, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's bolts of lightning like that, that just hit you and you go, okay, now I get it. Now I can finish this or now I can complete the, complete the process or what have you. So, it's definitely, it's, it's absolutely, like you said, maybe not a religious experience or like, you know, religious related, but it's definitely, it could be. I think it's, it a, could I think be it's a divine, I think it's absolutely a divine working of something, you know, yeah. like, uh, let's, you know, it's the, uh, you know, it's a light bulb that just goes off and you go, okay, that's, what's going to make this song work, you know? Um, right. Right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have to have those light bulbs, you know, because I guess the few yeah. of them that I've, the few of them that I've had, you know, people really seem to dig. So that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> now, now let's say now let me ask you this. Now, what happens? And this is an interesting thing that happens to songwriters all the time. I don't know if this is a problem for you per se or Steve or you know being in Blitzkid versus Aegon, yada yada yada. What happens is. You're in a band. You're in the band that 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 brings you uh, notoriety or whatever. The band breaks up or goes on hiatus or goes away for 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 some many years, and now you're trying to. I'm not talking about Blitzkin in general. I'm think of a lot. I can think of a ton of bands like this, where it's like now you're trying to get back to that place you were at where you were writing like that in the first place. I think. Uh, you know, my, my favorite uncle who's not related to me, Glenn Danzig is a prime example of this where, you know, I don't think, you know, people speculate all the time. Nerds are like, you know, oh, I hope there's a new, uh, do a new Misfits album. It's going to be really great. And I'm like, I don't think they can. I don't think it's possible because I think Glenn Danzig has to, the only way it would work is if Glenn Danzig uses songs from 1979 unused songs it's the only way he's going to be able to write a misfits record because otherwise it's just going to come out sounding like danzig and so my question to you is do you think is it within your ability that you can can you find that place again if you were to write music for a new blitzkid record yeah I, I, you know I, and I know I, I know i answered that kind of quickly but um you know the one thing that i've discovered you know, over the last two or three years, as it were, um, three, four years now, um, is that I kind of, I kind of wanted to spend some time away from the whole genre of, you know, horror punk, horror rock, whatever as a whole, because right. I, I was just so burnt on it, man. Um, you know, and didn't, didn't yeah. hate it. Didn't, you know, I remember. Didn't, <laughs> it. didn't, didn't hate it, but was just done dude. And like, done for the time being you know and i just i just didn't want to be you know immersed in that anymore um and now that i've you know now the blitz kids back and i'm kind of re-immersing myself in that um 
I do think I do think that it's going to be more difficult, you know, to 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 write songs for Blitzkid for like say a Blitzkid album now versus, you know, back when when we're in the thick of it, when we're you know, when we're creative, when we're touring, when we're, you know, looking at each other twenty four seven, and you know the inspiration is there, and we have this you know, we have this purpose. It's us 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 against the world kind of thing, and um, you know now we're older guys and. You know, we're just kind of like settling down and there's a comfort level in our lives now. We're both very, you know, both very happy where we're at. But I think at the same time, like, you know, I'm still that I'm still that 24 year old dude, you know, back in the day that, you know, was was, you know, ready to ready to ready to like try to take over the world with Blitz Kid and stuff like that. And, you know, and that's the other thing, too, that I think has changed is, you know, it went from taking over the world to to being well we've affected people and that's that's way cooler than taking over the world you know right and, uh, right you know I, <laughs> so it's just one of those things for me now where i'm like and i've thought about that too it's a good question i've thought about like well can i can i go can i go back there you know kind of thing like can i can i harness that that same energy and you know and i'm not trying to like downplay what we or any other any other horror rock band does it's just but you know, especially but especially for us, like we've done it, we did it, we did it for so long, I should say, and we're doing it again now. That I think it's they're going to be kind of that worn, that, that kind of worn, but yet still comfortable pair of shoes that you put on. Right. You know what I mean? The the kind of the kind of shoes that are like, man, I know I I should get rid of these, but God, they just feel so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're still so comfortable. Um, so I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with it is, you know, I, I don't <clears throat> excuse me. And a big thing and a big thing that I do or I try not to do actually is I don't try to like plan songwriting, you know. Um, most of the time I guarantee you if if you know we were to start writing a new record tomorrow, we just said, Okay, we're gonna start writing a new record. You know, Steve would probably have a few songs stockpiled already, you know, that he hasn't used for anything. Me yeah. He I would a, have to me. I would have to kind of like. Yeah. I would kind of have to like sit down and, you know, kind of get in that mode, and you know, would it be? And but I wouldn't force it at the same time. Like, you know, if it was say, okay, we said that we set a deadline. We say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna record in you know six months. We need to have thirteen songs ready in six months. You know, in that six months, I I may write six or seven songs but they're not going to come like, you know, within days of one another, they're going to be, there's going to be weeks between them, you know, because right. if not, if not months, you know, because I don't, I don't try to force it. The minute you try to force, force songwriting is the minute you write something, unless it's, unless it's a thing of where, you know, it's a deadline. Like I, I've, I've noticed that I work okay under, under like, you know, deadline pressure nowadays, not so much back then, but now like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to write something for this. Um, now I do it. Now I do it fairly well. Um, is it my best work? Debatable. But um, I, the biggest thing that being in a gathering of none has also taught me because we're, you know, in a situation where we're remote, where, you know, we're we're across five states, and um, it's just you know sending each other files on you know, Google drive or OneDrive or Dropbox or whatever. Yeah. It, you know, 
my 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 first instincts with any songwriting that I do, be it for Blitz Kid back in the day or you know, Gathering of None now is once I arrange a song and I demo it and it's or I write it and I demo it and you know, whatever else, it's done in my mind, you know. But now with especially with Gathering of None, I have four other dudes who are going, Well, yeah, I mean that's a cool looking skeleton, but right, right. And it's why don't we put some, why don't we put this fleshy part here and this part here and whatever else, you know, to, to kind of go full circle to the horror rock thing, you know, you have to build the monster. You don't have, you don't, you can't just go on a skeleton, you know? It, it's funny you bring up monster. And this was one, like one of the things when I was doing all the interviews and I was on tour with you guys, the, my thesis of the whole, of the whole, like, you know, uh, of trying to find the core of Blitzkid and what makes Blitzkid in addition to you guys being so accessible to the people, you know, the fans and the, the, your, your, your audience and the people that, that you visit from town to town. I think the other thing, there's another level of that accessibility within, you know, just, you know, uh, kissing babies and shaking hands and whatnot. And it is, it is, um, it is this concept of beauty and the beast. And it's this all horror movies are or i should say not all horror movies but particularly all monster movies come from this dynamic of beauty and the beast beauty and the beast is the very first monster film and every you look at every theme in every one of the you know the from the silent era through you know universal through the 50s and 60s and 70s and yada 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 and it's the idea of the the beauty the beautiful girl and the 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 monster who's monstrous on the outside but superhuman on the inside and um the unrequited love of beauty and the beast, which is the main conflict in the original story, is that like you know uh, that the beast wants to needs to be a beauty because he'll be destroyed if he doesn't have her or whatever. However, the hell that works, and um, and that Blitz Kid songs, a lot of them, not all of them, I can't can't blanket it, but a lot of them come from this place. And ultimately, what it is is that Blitz Kid songs are not about horror movies; they're actually kind of about humanity. Yeah. And they're about human feelings wrapped up in monstrous appearances. Yeah. And so in that way, that's why I do feel very confident that if you were to write Blitzkid songs today, because I think you still write that way. Right. So it's just like, yeah. like you would, it's, you know, it's not, it's not yeah. as, you know, it's not as centric as like, you know, Blitzkid lyrics are, you know, and not that, you know, even the last couple of records that we did, not those, those weren't very, you know, boo spooky horror wretched you know, lyrics, lyrics either you know those were very like you said deal with a lot of human emotions and stuff like that just kind of you know metaphorical metaphorical uh awakening you know, the awakening scenery, scenery and stuff like that yep uh, but uh yeah i i feel like i feel like i feel like both of us do that so well that it's it's not going to be you know, if we if we do decide, hey, we're going to do a new record or whatnot, I, I think it's going to be a situation of where we kind of already have our mo, and you know, it's what kind of what we do in our other projects as well. It's just we kind of have to go back to the Blitzkid headspace instead of you know the Rubbing Midnight right. headspace or the A Gathering of None headspace. And yeah, man, I think it's I think it'll be fine. You know, um, 
you know, Five Sellers Below is one of the saddest love songs I've ever heard. Yeah, you know, and that's absolutely what that song is. One of yeah. my that's probably that's pro, that's one of my favorite Blitzkid songs. It's a great that's a great Blitzkid track. It, it just um, uh, but that perfectly personifies what I was talking about the theme of 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 all that sort of stuff. Uh oh, 